Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the Weaker Vessel. Hello, everyone. If you want to get to know more about us, go to rebelalliancemedia.com. Follow us on social media. You can subscribe to the podcast feed, Rebel Alliance Media, in iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. You can go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And also, if you would like to financially support us, go to patreon.com slash rebelalliance. We appreciate all of the support. We appreciate your faithful support. Oh, and something we want to remind you guys about is that Erica and I have been so graciously and kindly published, along with our friends Sandra and Scotty Rowlett, on Ezra Press, we put together a family advent devotional guide. You can get it at ezrapress.ca. You can also get it at amazon.com and amazon.ca. Um, Barnes & Noble seems to have a few copies on there. Yeah. It's been kind of wonky when it comes to Amazon. They say they only ship in like a month. Sometimes they have copies, sometimes they don't. Yeah. They typically have used copies. Yeah, like third-party retailers. Which really can't be used because the book just came out. So so we know those are brand new. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they're shipping quick enough so you get it for Advent. So yeah. um, I think at you know the airing of this episode, if you go get your copy, you'll have, you'll have it in time to start for Advent. Even if you're late a few days, we think that this is so beneficial for... You and your family or you and your friends or just you. Um, Who cares if you start a little bit late? Well, and honestly, the Advent like days are pretty short. They're not super lengthy. You could easily do one or two ketchup. That's true. Behold Um, your king. We had a great time putting it together. And kudos to Ezra Press and Ryan Aris over there at Ezra Press for doing a lot of the legwork. As well as our very own rebel, Ben Emery, who did a lot of editing. For us as well. Mm, yeah, like they basically rewrote the whole thing to make us sound not dumb. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to say that, but this is true. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> so anyway, a lot of loving and faithful hands went into the production of that. And we're super proud of it. Yes. So go get your copy. We had a, a pop-up question from Jennifer Lokeen on a Facebook post of hers. Uh-huh. Um, basically asking about Redeemer... Presbyterian mm-hmm. in Manhattan and Tim Keller. Yeah. And what was the girl's name? Her name is Re- Rebecca McLaughlin. I don't know why I can't remember that name. It's a mouthful. There's too many crazy women. I can't remember another one. <laughs> I just think of, is it Sarah McLaughlin? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they could, maybe they're related. They might be a little closer related <laughs> than we would like to. Anyway, we kind of had told her that we might talk about it on this episode. So do you have anything you would like to say about it? So, yeah. So the thing that she shared on her Facebook post was a pulpit and pen article, which I will comment about that in a second. And here's the headline, though. And I think this is our great launching pad is just the headline itself. Tim Keller's Redeemer Church 
calls for more same-sex intimacy in churches. I mean, that that headline alone... It's clickbaity. Is clickbaity, yeah. going to make your head spin, and... Which I'm not even opposed necessarily to clickbaity <laughs> right. titles, because sometimes that's the best to way to educate the opposing side. Well, that's true. You're like, wait, hold on a second. Right. All right. Well, so from the get-go, I want to say something about pulpit and pen. And this may garner hate. This may garner support. I really don't know. Um, But I've tried to read a bunch of pulpit and pen because they really give you some headlines like this that cause you to want to read their stuff. But as you read it, you realize that they're basically a Christian uh, Christian tabloid. They are like the Christian National Enquirer. Mm. So they will take pretty much anybody, chop up their statements, link a thousand different blogs, a different all this kind of stuff in one blog post, and really draw out anything and everything negative that they can and make it look awful and make it look super terrible. Who's that one cr- quote-unquote Christian guy who always seems to get other Christians in trouble with his articles. Oh, that's Mer- uh, um, Justin. No. Mer- is it Merrick? Or? It is Merrick. I think it's Merritt. Merritt. Jonathan Merritt. Yes. Yep. That's the name. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, Maybe he should work for them. <laughs> I know, right. Yeah. Except for they're just on Jonathan Merritt's like left yeah. and Pulpin and Penn is like uber right fundamentalist Baptist, basically. It's hmm, interesting. So if you read the article, they they make. Rebecca McLaughlin sound like, I mean, the Antichrist, like, you know, in woman form. Mm-hmm. It's like really, really bad. And you, when you get done reading, you're like, Tim Keller's an apostate for letting this happen. Um, <clears throat> but if you listen to the video, I say listen to the video because the website blocks it with an ad. Anyway, you listen <laughs> to the video, her comments are like pretty good. And you're like, oh, I agree with that. And then comes the garbage. Mm -hmm. But, of course, in the blog post, the only thing you heard was garbage. Right. And Tim Keller is here in this this discussion, but she's the only one receiving questions pretty much during this little interview. What is she in their church? Is she like a deaconess? No, she's not a part of Redeemer Church. Okay, so then this really has... So then she's like an adjacent to why was she invited to speak with Tim Keller? Do they you had know? they had an event. They had some sort of uh, like conference, like one day conference training event. I think it had something to do with relating to the LGBTQ community, like doing ministry to that hmm. community okay. or something like that, because she's written on it. She's spoken at a lot of different places. Do we have it. a date for when this actually happened? Is there actually like a. Is this recent? I think it's very recent. Okay. We typically get um, newsletters from Redeemer, so this is yeah interesting if there was an LGBTQ training event that we didn't get. Yeah, but the blog said last week. Okay. Redeemer Church or whatever. So this just happened. Okay. Um, But she's written a lot of blogs on this kind of stuff. So I have... So first of all, when we go back to the headline, it says Tim Keller's Redeemer Church. He's not the pastor there anymore. No, he's not. He resigned years ago. A uh, year or two years ago. I think it's three years. And each, uh, each campus is even pretty separate and autonomous. Even mm-hmm. though they are, even though they do have a central office, they're still very different. Yep. 
and he's just not a part of it anymore. And we actually are friends with one of the campus pastors from Redeemer. Yeah. So we have like a little bit of insight into Redeemer. Yeah. And so to to continue to blame him for everything. Now, he must accept some responsibility. This is his Mm -hmm. ministry child, if you will. But to continue to label him like his church, his church, he's not there anymore. Yeah. So already on the journalism side of it, you see the clickbaity. I mean, I think if we're being honest, he do, he if he were to step in and like um, condemn something, I think his church probably would consider what he had to say. I, I do yeah, think yeah, yeah. just by nature of who he is, he does have he does hold power and sway in his opinions. And he may behind the scenes that we just don't know about. Maybe I know that he's you know way I mean? more um, into like the what is it church. Cities, uh, city to city, city the to church city. planning. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. That's where he invests a lot of time and yeah. energy. And the seminary, the yeah. um, RTS New York. Yep, is where he's investing like the majority of his time. So I think it's kind of a little bit unfair though to assume that he's like just sitting back and like yeah. like a chess player watching all the his pieces. Mm-hmm. Like so, the other thing is about this woman Rebecca McLaughlin. I've read her stuff on Gospel Coalition, like a year or two ago, whenever that first came out. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that made me think a whole lot less of Gospel Coalition because I read her stuff and I was like, (laughs) oh, wow, they are. So what you're saying is you're not a fan of her. No, not at all. And and so, like, I see where Pulpit and Pet's coming from. Like, yes, her stuff's garbage. But Pulpit and Pen is kind of garbage, too. Yeah, it's like the pot calling the kettle black. Pretty much. And and so so seeing her at a Redeemer event is cause for concern already just because Mm -hmm. of her stance on certain things she's your quintessential social justice warrior like revoice same-sex attraction it's okay it's it's just something you but i think learn to manage or whatever it's pretty obvious that redeemer has kind of gone that way though so it's really not terribly shocking yeah that's the other thing this isn't that shocking yeah like seeing this you're like well yeah i mean it's it's redeemer Mm -hmm. they're turning out more uh, EPC churches than conservative PCA churches Yeah, when they're planting. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about the EPC, they allow ordination of women. And that was one yeah. of the reasons why the churches from Redeemer were planting EPC was so that they could do that. So when we first moved to New York City, we had a really hard time trying to find a church because yeah. there aren't many. I mean, it's New York City, so obviously it's like... Churches everywhere. Well, yeah, but like, but like a conservative church, there aren't many options, you know? Right. And then for us, like we have very Presbyterian convictions. So Mm -hmm. naturally that was where we wanted to start. Yeah. And because of the way the city is designed, um, it can take you an hour to drive. 10 miles. Yeah. 10 miles. So you, you can like look on a map and be like, oh, there's a Presbyterian church five miles away, but that doesn't mean it's like three minutes from your house. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we kind of did the rounds. There weren't many options for us. One of the only options for us, as far as like Presbyterian churches went, was Redeemer. Mm-hmm. And we had hesitations before trying it. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have any other options, yeah. when when it's Tim Keller's church or when it's the female pastor Kimberly like, flying the rainbow flag over the PCUSA church down the street. Yeah. You're going to try Tim Keller's church. Yeah. And once again, I say Tim Keller as if he was the pastor. He wasn't Redeemer. the pastor. Yeah. It was Redeemer. And I don't even remember the name of the guy who was pastoring there. Do you remember his name? I want to say David. I don't know. <clears throat> David Lee, maybe? Yeah. 
That sounds familiar. Okay. Anyway, not the point. (laughs) It was fine. We went there. The preaching was fine. Um, We do think that there are good Christians that mean really well in Redeemer. This is hard, though, because I want to be really gracious. Mm -hmm. Because we lived in this city, I understand how hard ministry is here. Exactly. It is super difficult to get an in anywhere. And I, I want to be gracious because unless you've lived here... You really don't even understand how hard it is. Mm-hmm. And so I want to look at Tim Keller and give him every benefit of the doubt possible. And I want to look at these men who came out of a Calvary chapel. This is just one instance. Our friend came out of a Calvary chapel, which is dispensational dribble. Yeah. And tried to find something better. Like God led them into like this Presbyterian, right. richer faith. And they came to New York City, and they really, like, they have come a long way. So I want to be gracious there. Do I think there's a lot of worrisome things that they're doing or not doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But once again, in New York City, just you saying that, like, you you won't do a a gay marriage in your church. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge, which Redeemer won't do. They don't marry, they they don't marry homosexuals. Yeah. So even just that is astounding. Yeah. And I understood once we got here and we learned a little bit more about the culture of this city, why Tim Keller probably didn't post his sermons every week. Yeah. Because I used to be like, why Why aren't they there? Our pastor right now won't yeah. post his sermons And every because week. they will be used against you. Like they will weaponize those against you, against the city council, against mm-hmm. uh, wh- whoever to get you shut down or so that you can't you know, rent out of this certain building anymore. Like a church trying to build a building here is just impossible. That's not happening. No. Churches have to rent from somewhere here. There's no land to build a building on. Yeah. And uh, you don't buy a building. There are multiple million dollars to buy a building. It's ridiculous here. So So, you have to rent from another organization. Right. And so if you're conservative, again, you're going against... I mean, the most liberal mm-hmm. black hole, New York City. And so you got to be super strong against that gravitational pull and be sly as heck. Well, and even thinking about when we did the live from New York thing with... Um, the focus on the family. Focus on the family, that's right. Um, whenever we did that live event with them, remember how they were going to have a pregnant woman come on stage and they were just going to do an ultrasound in Times Square. Right. Like how non confrontational is that it's literally just an ultrasound but the people protested and it there were like death threats and all kinds of insane things that happened and it was shut down well and the city didn't allow them to rent time off the billboard next to the stage either so times square is known for all the big Mm -hmm. uh like jumbotron boards and they they tried to buy time on one of the Mm -hmm. jumbotrons to show the ultrasound on there which would have been super cool and they were they were shut down. It didn't happen. So, so this is why I'm saying, like, I want to be really gracious. Yeah. Because I think, in one sense, Tim Keller was incredibly clever. Mm-hmm. And he really did a great job at, like, getting his foot in there and just holding the door open for something to come behind him. Yeah. And I really wish and I pray that someone, that person, whoever it would be that would, you know, come in behind him, would have kicked the door open a little bit further and it doesn't seem as though that's happening. Right. But I do want to be gracious enough to say, it is really dark, y'all. 
It is really, really dark. And he has done a lot of really good things in this city. Okay. So I want to comment a little bit more on the headline. Okay. And then if you listen to the video and even read the blog, but the blog, again, like I said, is kind mm-hmm. of misleading because of the way Pulpit and Pen writes their stuff. Yeah. It says that, that Redeemer Church calls for more same-sex intimacy in churches. Well, obviously, the first thing you're going to think of is like explicit graphic sexual activity. Right. Right. Same-sex intimacy. Oh, gross. He's talking like, how can this be? Whatever. Which I don't really even understand because even like heterosexual married couples aren't hopefully shacking up in the (laughs) church sanctuary. So, yeah. And by shacking up, I mean something else. Um, (laughs) um, But when you read the blog... And better yet, listen to the video. You realize that Rebecca McLaughlin is actually just talking about people becoming better friends. And so same sex friends. Yeah. She says, even though, again, I think most of what she says and what she writes is garbage. I'm just giving her a little bit of credit here. Okay. What she says is I probably have better friendships and deeper intimate friendships with my other friends that are girls than lesbian couples do with each other. Yeah. Which is a, actually an accurate statement. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that's totally true. Because yeah. it's rooted in Christ, and right. you're you are you know one in the body of Christ. So, in in a very non sexual way, that is intimacy in its true sense, being united right. in Christ. Again, Pulpin and Pen shrewdly left out sexual in mm-hmm. their headline. If they had said same sex sexual intimacy, then we would we would definitely know what they're talking about. But they left that out on purpose to mm-hmm. make you. To make it clickbaity. Yeah. So, I mean, it, obviously it's not as bad as the headline makes it sound. And it's also not as bad as the way Pulpin and Pen makes her sound. With all that said, I think she's still garbage. Yeah. And we still <laughs> not think that... Not her as a person, but everything she's about, everything I've her heard... Message. Her message. Yeah, her message, everything I've read that she's written on Gospel Coalition. Again, I'm shocked that Gospel Coalition ever let that past the editor's desk. Well, not really, though. Um... Which is, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that that was one of the things that I'm like, yep, they're gone. Yeah. Um, But that essentially is my, my take I, on this thing. I feel that we can be more generous with Tim Keller than we can be with her. Like, he has a track mm-hmm. record of right. actually accomplishing something Yeah. more so than what... She, and I know, like, the super, truly reformed... Yeah. We should just call them uber-reformed. Yeah, I don't really know what to call them. They all hate Tim Keller. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's anathema to them. Pretty much. But, you know, I always feel like I understand I understand their frustrations because we don't go to Redeemer Church for those very same frustrations. But, I like, I don't understand condemning a guy who has done as much good as he has in this city that is as dark as this one is. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, it's easy for people sitting in Montana or North Carolina or Oklahoma to be like, well, just go out there and be more bold. Yeah. When they're not in a city where there's like literally mafiosos on every street corner, there's gangs, there is like Antifa. I mean, we literally have friends of ours, and this is not, uh, or this is not church related. Related. This Mm -hmm. is military related. But like one of our good friends here is a recruiter Mm -hmm. and he has said on several times he's gone into the city to do recruiting and just like met with people at a starbucks and of course he's in full military uniform and he's had antifa in his face and he's like had to leave because antifa is like threatening him yeah 
So this is just this how the city is. Well, and there's there's NYPD like at every corner, and and that's and that's to keep the peace because they know that stinking riots can happen like instantly. Just today we had a uh, notification on the app where we track uh, public disturbances. And and there was something going on in Queens with a whole bunch of teens at a 1, mall. One thousand teens at a mall causing yeah. mayhem. Like this just happens. It's crazy. But anyway, again, like Erica said, just to tell someone, well, just be more bold. Get out there and just like, and you're probably gonna do way more damage than good. It's just not the the best method in and, New York City. And if you really feel that way, maybe you should come to New York City and do that thing. That's true. It's easy to tell someone else to do that. Yeah. You know, but if you're not willing to, then I don't know how helpful that commentary really is. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Anywho. We're going to take a break. Let's take a break and we'll get back to talking about other crazy news events. Okay. Sounds good. Guys, enjoy this commercial by our friends from Reconciled Radio. And we will be right back. Hey guys, this is Brian. And this is Jesse. And we run Reconciled Media. We create reformed, presuppositional, and post-millennial content. Check out Reconciled Radio, where we've interviewed guests like Joel McDermott and Darren Doan, and the Alpina Antithesis, where we engage the issues and events around our community from a full-orb, faith-for-all-of-life, Christian worldview. Both shows can be found on Apple Podcasts at Reconciled Media. Go to Facebook.com slash Reconciled Media to stay up to date with our latest content, memes of the week, and our Reconciled recommendations. Thanks, and go cultivate the kingdom culture. back and we got some more news to talk about (laughs) we do this is so hashtag happening now (laughs) this turning turned into kind of a rebel news yeah it kind of did huh we didn't mean for it to sorry guys we're stealing your shtick yeah our bad guys we should call it woke news woke news okay they can do rebel news and we got woke news okay and we mean woke in the in the biblical way right not not the tra- not the garbage way. So what we're going to talk about is what everyone's talking about. And that is the recent announcement that Chick-fil-A has made. Chick-fil-A sold their soul yep. to Satan himself. They did. And <laughs> <laughs> you just sprung that on me. I don't know. It's just everything I had in my mind is gone now. I'm just thinking you wanna about. You want to sing the Kanye song? Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Closed on Sunday. You my Chick-fil-A. Guys, that Kanye album is super good, and I'm not trying to be cliche. I actually waited a while to listen to it after it came out, because I didn't want to just fall into the hype. I mean, it's meh. I'm glad that you feel that way. (laughs) (laughs) But it's pretty dang good. I'd much rather listen to, like, Shylin or Timothy Brindle. Yeah, Timothy Brindle's legit. I want Shailene to put out another album. Pray for Kanye. And, and guys, Chick-fil-A. Pray for Kanye, yeah, and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> if Chick-fil-A goes the way everyone is suggesting, Kanye's song won't make sense anymore. Well, that would make actual sense of Kanye, though, because nothing Kanye says typically does make sense for very long. Wow, all right. <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> Poor Kanye. Okay. So just kidding, Kanye. We love you. Everybody knows Chick- I ain't saying you a gold digger. <laughs> so Chick-fil-A has restructured who they give to, who their charitable giving is directed towards. Yes. Directed towards. They have stopped giving to the Salvation Army mm-hmm. because their contract with them ended. Same with the Fellowship of... Christian Athletes. Yes. I always get that one mixed up in my head. So I don't know how many years they had contracts with... I think it was like a two or three year contract, wasn't it? That's it? I thought it'd be longer. Maybe it was longer. I don't know. I guess we could go look at their tax statements and figure it out. I really don't care that much, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's the level of research you guys know we do. No, we've done a lot of research. Well, this is true. In other avenues. I it's have not been... tax records. Yeah, I'm not going to be digging through tax records. I draw the line there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so now they give to Covenant House, and they give to Joint Achievement, and they give to... Local food pantries. Yes. Um, so the three things they want to address are education, homelessness, and hunger. Mm-hmm. And the problem that everyone is having is that this restructuring happened right at the same time a store they opened in London is being shut down because of protests. Because They were of... given like a 30-day notice, basically. Like, get out yeah. of here. You've got 30 days. Yeah. So, because they are not LGBTQ affirming or supporting or however you want to word that, mm-hmm. apparently London had a big problem with them. They have received a lot of protests in Toronto with the store that they opened there, but seem to be doing fine. Then this announcement comes, and the reason... Maybe uh, Nate would know more about that, or Chris. Yeah, maybe. Guys, let us know, or let the peeps know if that store in Toronto is still being protested or not, and if if those chicken sandwiches are the same in Canada as they are in America. Maybe that's why. Maybe like shipping that chicken to London just ruined it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a possibility. Have you ever heard of this thing called the Revolutionary War? Things t- are always better in America. <laughs> if we have any British listeners, <laughs> we love you. And we're Our American, chicken tastes so better. And our chicken's better. <laughs> hey, I'm like three quarters English, so. So everyone is saying that they've capitulated because. Because the LGBTQ community is pitching a fit yeah. in London I mean, honestly, the LGBTQ is pitching a fit everywhere. Yeah. And anyone that... There's no quarter for them all the time. Right. And anyone that has uh, stood up against them in any way, shape, or fashion seems to be their target. Mm -hmm. So Chick-fil-A has had a target on their back for a very long time. Yeah. This is nothing new. This controversy is not anything new. Right. But if you go look at the Salvation Army website, sexual orientation has no... um, they don't bearing on who they hire, yeah, who they offer services to. If it's a same-sex couple or a heterosexual couple, they offer the same services, the same money, the same loans. The they same even go so far on their on Salvation Army's website to say that they are happy to give full benefits to the um, yeah. same-sex spouse of their employees. So if you're a lesbian couple and one of you works for Salvation Army, you'll get like all the same benefits as a regular married couple would. Right. So they fully acknowledge that as a marriage. They yes. fully acknowledge their perversion of a marriage as a real marriage. Yeah, they are giving in to their delusions. Yeah. 
some people, I love you cross politic, but some people were saying, well, Covenant House is LGBTQ plus embracing. Affirming and embracing. Affirming and embracing while Salvation Army just serves them. And that's just not true. If you look at their website, they use the word serve. They use the words embrace. They talk about believing the same-sex mirage and and catering to it. And, I mean, that's pretty blatant. And because Salvation Salvation Army does so much more than Covenant House does. Covenant House pretty much just offers... Shelter. Shelter. And food. And food. And they do some other things to, like, maybe help their... The people staying there get a job, maybe. But, like, everyone knows that Salvation Army does a lot of that. We just shopped at a Salvation Army thrift store today. Yeah. So, there's a lot of... thrift stores everywhere. They... Their head... (laughs) Funny enough... Yeah. Salvation Army headquarters is where Redeemer Downtown rents out the theater for their worship services. Yeah. And, you know, Salvation Army sponsors stuff when it comes to, like, the Dallas Cowboys game. Like, Gabe Wrench was talking about Mm -hmm. that. On Cross Politic, Salvation Army does a lot. Covenant House, it just seems like a much smaller, it just seems like small potatoes compared and to... And I don't think that Covenant House is a, is afraid to say that they are welcoming of all people. Because if you go on their website, too, right. it says that um, they accept all right. LGBTQ and, you know, plus teens. Um, they think that they need to be a safe place for these teens. And they had, like, you know, st- uh, certain statistics saying that LGBTQ plus teens are, like, so much more likely to try and commit suicide or be mm-hmm. homeless or drop out of school or whatever. They have all these, like, sob story stats. Right. So, yeah, for sure. Covenant House is not, like, over there trying to pretend like they are at all up against the gay community. I don't I don't believe that for a second. No. What we're saying is that they basically went from donating to on this point a terrible organization to another one. Yeah. Nothing changed from going from Salvation Army to Covenant House. But that seems to be the point people keep making. Everyone seems to think that Salvation Army, which is actually a cult, like actually a really weird creepy cult too if you study its origins like how it began was weird there were literally women that were like soldiers hallelujah hallelujah what are they called hallelujah lasses lassies hallelujah Hallelujah lassies it gets real weird you guys so like the commander of the salvation army which is essentially like a pastor sort of role yeah but they would call him a commander because it was army and it wasn't a him it was a her oh was it a her yeah because it was the founder of the salvation army's daughter yeah and so she was, was commander. Eva. Yeah, she was big Eva. Yeah. <laughs> um. So she was the commander, and she insisted people called her commander. Yeah. And That's her rank. She, she had. She earned that rank, Grant. She, she did nothing. She inherited the rank. <laughs> um. And then she had her hallelujah lasses around her. Lassies. Lassies. Sorry, that is worse. Anyway. Singing hymns, and they would literally march through the city, like preaching and. and doing well, actually, stuff. when they came into America, it was a man, and I can't remember his name, but it was before Eva took over. But when they first came to America, they landed on the docks. Mm-hmm. He had a flag that he was holding. Yeah. He and his lassies, I think there's like twelve of them or something. Yeah. And they marched down the pier, like singing songs, waving their Salvation Army flag. Yeah. It's and they went to like a hostel or something. It, I mean, it's just a weird thing. It's not how we would and do they evangelism. They said they're coming to wage war against evil. 
that was that was part of their message. But their evil was like the social justice types of evils, like poverty, yeah. homelessness. So to bring child labor and to carry on the idea of uh, the Hallelujah Lassies. Remember when they were? Uh, <laughs> I can't even with that name. <laughs> when they were ministering to soldiers, they had the the donut. What were they called? Duchesses or something? The donut girls or the donut dolls? Yeah, it donut. was something weird. They had girls walking around with plates of donuts, handing them out, and but they had a name <laughs> again, and it just was. They were just complimentarian. You, oh man, <laughs> you're gonna make patriarchy podcast and all them just happier than ever. <laughs> You see this organization that ecclesiologically and theologically <laughs> is awful and was fully supporting of LGBTQ. Do they do some good stuff? Probably. Yeah, they, they do social... feed hungry people yeah. and they have cool thrift stores. Yeah, we've benefited a lot from <laughs> the thrift stores. But they went from that to another organization that houses the homeless, feeds them. And is LGBTQ friendly. It just seemed to not change, really. Well, I think they actually went into a better direction because at least this homeless shelter... Well, here, but this is why. Because at least the homeless shelter isn't affirming their marriages. That's true. There was nothing about that. Because it's it's for, like, homeless teens. Mm -hmm. Teens can't get married. So at the very least, they're not affirming or uh, pretending as though... I mean, they probably would. Yeah, but they're not. But officially and on paper, on record, on the website, you can't see that. Yeah. Um, Whereas before, Chick-fil-A's donation money was going to, obviously indirectly, but they were going to like the same-sex marriage via employee benefits. Yeah. Now they're not. So for us, what really changed in Chick-fil-A's reorganization here is basically they just stopped giving to Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yeah. So they are explicitly Christian. They they are for biblical marriage. Um, if an athlete is single and it's a part of that fellowship, they have to vow to be pure. So, of course, that means no sex outside of marriage, but also obviously no homosexual activity. Mm-hmm. Glad, so that's the only thing that we can technically be angry about. Yeah, that they didn't, that they stopped giving to um, FCA. Okay, so then... Can we actually be angry that Chick-fil-A stopped giving their money to someone? No, because it's not our money. I just don't think that we have the right to tell anyone that they have to give their money away. That's yeah, socialism. Pretty much. And I think to to tell them also, you have to give to this kind of an organization. What are we doing? Like we're demanding a certain kind of virtue signaling from them. But it's also it's a chicken sandwich restaurant. Yeah. How many other quote-unquote Christian organizations or restaurants are we really digging into every single charity they give to? Well, here's the and problem, then demanding though. them, you know what I mean? Here, But just that statement, how many organizations are we digging into to see where they're donating their money? We're not going to do that. You want to know why we're not going to do that? Because we didn't do it before. Mm-hmm. Because the majority of people, the Christians that are all up in arms right now, mm-hmm. didn't even know that Chick-fil-A had already been giving to Salvation Army this whole time. Yeah, we didn't care. And even if they did know that, they're okay with it. So why did we care? Why do we care all of a sudden? You pointed this out the other day when we were talking. Because CSNBC told us we should care about it. Yeah. CSNBC tweeted something that said Chick-fil-A is cutting ties with conservative Christian or cuts ties with anti-gay companies or something. I can't remember exactly how it was, but basically whatever CSNBC tweeted, everyone just took as the gospel truth. Mm -hmm. No one dug any deeper and we just were automatically angry. 
It was that rage culture thing, that like instant anger. How dare Chick-fil-A? They betrayed us. Yeah, when really uh, Chick-fil-A should have got on there and said, uh-uh, Salvation Army supports LGBTQ. Yeah. So yeah, but we bought into that spin from CSNBC. Which was brilliant. This is why the left is winning. Because here's the thing. If you spin it like that, you instantly make all of the Christians, all the conservatives angry. Mm-hmm. So you're alien- alienating them from Chick-fil-A. You also know that glad that the, you know, gay, lesbian, whatever community yeah. isn't going to then turn around and give Chick-fil-A a big old hug. Right. So you're basically alienating Chick-fil-A and you're standing back saying, we won. Well done. We yep. won. We won. Another battle won. So if we can't get Chick-fil-A to bow down to us, we'll just get to their followers. Yeah. We'll get their own people to walk To turn against them. them, which is what they did in mass. Yeah. And it was really, it, it's been sad. And so the one thing I will give cross-politic credit for is for all of their critique of Chick-fil-A. Which a lot of them were very doing. valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Toby even said at one point, I don't care where you get your chicken. Yeah. Get it there. Get it somewhere. I mean, it, that that wasn't what they were saying. They're not calling for a boycott. They're not saying now your dollars can never go there or whatever, because then now you've gone down a rabbit trail that. Nobody wants to go down. I mean, yeah. But the one thing that the Christian community is saying is that if Chick-fil-A did happen to come out and say, listen, we haven't changed any of our traditional beliefs. Traditionally, they support biblical marriage. If they came out and said something like that, I mean, they would continue to get their flack and we'd continue to really support them. I mean, I have read people who have said, I am friends with the Kathy family Mm -hmm. and I have had private conversations and they've said... You know, we're not going to put out a public statement. We haven't changed any of our beliefs. We're not going to open on Sunday. And I don't know how true those, because it's like a hearsay kind of thing. So I I don't know how much stock I would actually put into that. But like, honestly, I don't think Chick-fil-A owes us an explanation. I really don't. If you don't like where they're donating their money, then don't buy their sandwich. You may do that if you don't want to. Right. I don't think that Chick-fil-A owes us anything. Because here's the thing. Chick-fil-A didn't say, hey, guys, we're not going to, like, bow down to the gay people, so you should follow us. That's not how it happened. Yeah, we don't follow Chick-fil-A. It was Huckabee who started this whole thing to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the one that put so much pressure on Mm Chick-fil-A and raised them up to this, like, weird, you know, serpent in the wilderness kind of thing that if everyone looks upon it, they'll be saved. Right. It's like this shrine of our, quote-unquote, Christian America. And I just think, like, this is a really shallow idol that we have. I have never once felt as though Chick-fil-A is going to be what leads us into the eschaton. Yeah. We've looked at them as a means of grace, really. Yeah. Like, it's kind of... Sad, but it's true. Like, they're, you know, that one thing that we look to as we are, you know, writhing in pain. If we look on that little, you know, (laughs) serpent, then it'll make us feel better and we'll live. Yeah. The whole world around us is going to. That's all I need. (laughs) The world around us is going to hell, but we must look upon the Chick fil A. You know, it's like. Beacon of hope. It's just dumb. It's a chicken sandwich. Yeah. So calm down, everyone. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Chick fil A has been giving to organizations that are sketchy for yeah. years. And yeah. it didn't bother you before. It shouldn't bother you now. I mean, we, and I know a lot of our listeners uh, agree with us in this. I know all of them, not all of them do, but right, we homeschool. And we know we have a lot of listeners that are on board with homeschooling. Chick-fil-A is giving to the joint achievement, education, whatever. And that's like public school. They're not supportive yeah. of homeschool. 
Yeah. Like there's a lot of things that we just don't agree on fundamentally anyway. I mean, it's just not something to As far as the culture as far as the culture wars go, they are our ally, but barely. Yeah. But there's a lot of barely our allies. Right. So I mean how many Christians who were so upset about Chick-fil-A have gone to Target, Starbucks, Walmart, where I mean like you can keep naming businesses in the last week since this whole story broke. Listen, Amazon Prime, Hulu, and Netflix have dedicated LGBTQ libraries of content. Yeah. And we're all still using those media platforms. So the reason why people are mad, and I understand the reason why people are mad, though, is because they felt as though Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A was on our side. We know Target's not on our side. Yeah. We know Starbucks is not on our side. We thought Chick-fil-A was. Mm-hmm. And we're and the reason is because they didn't replace their giving uh, to FCA. They didn't replace that giving to another organization that's explicitly supportive of biblical marriage and sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so since there's nothing we can point to to say, look, there's their stand with us. That's why we feel that's why we feel all of this. Right. We there's feel nothing upset. We can, yeah. Well, we feel betrayed. But honestly, this is this is the problem. We feel betrayed because we're ignorant. Mm-hmm. We've not been betrayed. We're actually just dumb. They didn't do anything besides stop giving to an organization, which we all should agree that they don't have to give to. Yeah. So they gave to LGBTQ organizations before, and they do now. So mm-hmm. why are we mad? Yeah. And once again, I think it's spin. I think it's media spin. I think it's Huckabee. Mm-hmm. who built this serpent in the wilderness, so to speak. Right. And I think that we have made Chick-fil-A some kind of weird idol where we thought that, like, you know, that post mill, they're on our side. They're going to help yeah, us. Right. And it's like it's a chicken sandwich. Yeah. They're not our hope. They are not the ones who we are, like, dependent upon mm-hmm. to bring. I mean, they're not sharing the gospel with every chicken sandwich. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It should be the churches, bold pastors and Christians living out their life, sharing the gospel, like that's how we're going to win the culture war. Yeah. It's not going to be by sandwiches. I do think if you own a chicken shop, whether it's Chick-fil-A or mom and pop shop, whatever, that is part of your domain. It should be a Christian organization. Right. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying yeah. True at Kathy shouldn't have had a Christian business. Or that their charitable giving could be given to way better organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Well, true, Kathy's dead, so you can't really blame the guy. Yeah, I can't blame him. <laughs> um, but honestly, if he was Presbyterian and he baptized his kids, raised raise them up, them up. fear and admonition of the Lord, maybe this wouldn't be happening. That's true. Maybe they wouldn't be so quick to walk away from daddy's views. Maybe if he would have had a more covenantal view, then we would be having Christian chicken today. Mm, it's really the church's fault here. Mm-hmm. We know that... So goes the church. So goes the culture. We say that all the time. And Truett Cathy and his kids went to a church. Yeah. They were raised in a church somewhere. This is a reflection of uh, some of a bigger uh, reality in our churches in America. And maybe if they're dispensational, which they probably are, they just think if we donate to these organizations, we'll just spur on the rapture. That would be scary if they were that <laughs> deliberate. <laughs> maybe they are. We don't know. <laughs> We do know that dispensationalism is the predominant view in America. Yeah. And so for them, we know that they probably aren't thinking kingdom building or yeah. cultural change by the gospel. They're just thinking. They're they're oblivious to the culture yeah. war. For all accounts and, uh, and purposes, you look at what they're doing. 
they are the run of the mill social justice give to the homeless give to the hungry here's a question here's a a good question for you the the comments that we have seen on social media this week have blown me away agreed first of all we have built a sacred cow out of the salvation army yes and i did not even know that existed at all in christian circles but like apparently a lot of christians love the salvation army and get very angry when you call them a cult yeah (laughs) i was like straight up slandered on cross politics uh facebook feed it was really funny yeah that was hilarious you just need to keep your nose to yourself and mind your own garden (laughs) that's what he said and then said that i was probably a bully because i named my blog rebel alliance (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so funny okay so that's kind of a funny thing and a weird thing maybe we should talk more about cults (laughs) right um but also I have found it really interesting how a lot of Christians said, I'm fine with Chick-fil-A giving to homelessness, education, and hunger, Mm -hmm. but why can't they give to Christian organizations? What Christian organizations are there that deal with hunger, homelessness, and education? If there are any, they're quickly shut down by the truly reformed as just being social justice type organizations. So there really aren't many... uh, you know, real legitimate Christian organizations that tackle those issues. Yeah. For all the reformed people criticizing Chick-fil-A, where's the reformed homeless shelter organization that's in every urban city? Yeah. I don't know how to fix that. It's just a question. Yeah. What would the Christian alternative be? If they, if for some reason they really said we have all this, you know, surplus of income, we want to give it to these this type of organization mm-hmm. that will help deal with hunger, that will help deal with homeless teens or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I don't think that we should, like, be angry at Chick-fil-A for wanting to get kids off the streets. Yeah. I think that's a worthy cause. What Christian organization, and I know there are some small ones. Mm-hmm. Like, I know they do exist. When we were in uh, Fayetteville, there was an uh, organization called Operation In As Much. Right. That was a Christian organization. They had a homeless shelter that we volunteered at. Yeah. Um, like, there are, there are organizations like that out there. But they're relatively small. Yeah, they're not national. Not not typically national. The ones that are national are liberal. I hadn't thought about what it would look like if a Christian really did devote their life to ministering to the homeless. Like a lot of Reformed Christians would call them social justice warriors and it would be like a slur, you know? Mm-hmm. So True. just food for thought for whatever that's worth. I'm not. Hey, and if you guys know of organizations that do that, that are solidly biblical maybe not even reformed but at least you know conservative yeah. and biblical let us know maybe we should start making like rosters of these types of things right yeah that'd probably be really wasn't there idea. was it kevin minette or someone was making a roster of like christian businesses christian oh, yeah, organizations yeah, yeah. if there's anyone out there who's listening to this and yeah. you know what we're talking about hit us up yeah that would be a wonderful resource yeah because because that is a good question. Like, where should Chick-fil-A have donated their money? If Chick-fil-A asked me, I wouldn't even know what to tell them because I just don't know of any, you know? Yeah. So some of this really is just ignorance, perhaps. Yeah, but that's a really good question is if they're not going to give to them, who are they going to give to? So let's get that information out there. And let's work towards let's give that. them. Al- let's give them an alternative. Yeah. Uh, the church is supposed to care for 
orphans and widows to the least of these and that sort of thing. That is right. there. There right. is an outworking of the gospel in our culture. Well, and that's the thing, too. Chick-fil-A is in the church. Like, feeding the homeless right. and educating kids. And well, although I would say that's the parents' responsibility. But, like, but taking care of people in our community is the church's responsibility. Yeah. But I don't think it's wrong for Chick-fil-A to say, we have money, let's help you. Yeah. And they're doing basic stuff. Like, every city we open a new store... That store automatically give $25,000 to the local food bank, a local food bank. That's awesome. That's cool that that is automatically just part of the bylaws. We're not here to just suck money out of your you know, city and make a profit. We are here to give back. That's a great message. Yeah, it's fine. It, it's almost like we're, we're treating Chick-fil-A as if they're giving money now to those who are on the front lines of like infecting our culture with the LGBTQ perversion, like the ones who are actually stamping and signing same-sex marriage certificates. Yeah. Like that's who they're giving to now. Well, it's because people will say things like there is no neutrality. And I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. There is nothing neutral. Right. But we have to stop and realize that like we can't criminalize everything that isn't Christian Mm -hmm. because otherwise we couldn't live our life. Exactly. Like, we literally couldn't buy toilet paper without, like, giving to some type of foundation that does something terrible. I mean, Paul ate the meat and was like, yeah, I know it was sacrificed to an idol. I yeah. mean, he knew, and he's like, I'm good. Like, I know it actually is given to me from God. There were a few non-Christians that I had seen jump into conversations, and it was interesting to hear their perspective because... That is interesting. They just thought, like, Christians are freaking out. They're like, you guys are freaking out about nothing because yeah. you guys still drink Starbucks. You guys still do all this stuff. Why are you like to them? It was like, you're eating your own. Mm-hmm. Why are you eating your own? So I, I, it's interesting, right? Yeah. It was, it was interesting for me to just stand back and watch like Christians collectively lose their freaking minds. And I'm like, yo, it's a chicken sandwich. Jesus is still king. Yeah. Jesus is still king. Like we weren't depending on Chick-fil-A to save us all. Right. Yeah. That's Jesus not the... is still going to win. And either Chick-fil-A will step it up or they're not going to. I'm really not worried about it. I can, in a clear conscience, eat Chick-fil-A. And if you can't, then don't. That's fine, too. You don't have to spend your money at Chick-fil-A. Go to KFC or go to Popeyes. Popeyes. I can tell you one thing. They don't give their money to good organizations either. Have fun with that one in your conscience. Yeah. And they're open on Sunday. Just saying. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Another funny thing that Sandra and I were talking about was all the Christians who were like, oh, I bet you they're going to open on Sunday now. Just watch. They're going to open on Sunday. Yeah. We were just laughing because I was like, I so badly just want to comment on a lot of these like nominal Christians Uh and just be like, I didn't know you were so Sabbatarian. Exactly. You know, like you really you care so much about being Sabbatarian. Yeah. It's just some kind of weird sacred cow that you have, you know? Yep. Yeah, it really is. I feel better now. Do you feel better? Yeah. It's because you, not because of this whole conversation. It's because you said Jesus is still king. Yeah. And it won't slow him down. No, at not at all. Bit. And here's, I think, probably what frustrated you and I the most is that it's most Christians' attitudes this week mm-hmm. seemed as though everything was hinging upon this very moment. Yeah. And in reality, it's like God didn't even blink at this. It was just like, meh. You know, this is all going to work for good. This is all going to just be part of his plan. And Mm -hmm. this is not even like a little bump in the road. Yeah. You know, we're going to get labeled with like, we're not engaging the culture enough. I mean, I don't know. Like, what what does that mean, engaging the culture? Like, we need to call out 
sin in our culture and we need to I mean if prophets. anyone's listened to us they know how we feel about the LGBTQ community right. and if anything I feel like we're the ones really purging the camp because we're like Salvation Army's crap too why <laughs> right. are you pretending like they're one of us they're not one of us not our people y'all are freaking out about you know slapping Salvation Army on the wrist and we're like we dare use the word cult and you guys freak out mm-hmm. I feel like we've taken like the most conservative view like Jesus is still king and all of these people are in sin Yeah, there you go. So that's what I say. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, if you want to get in a Facebook fight, just talk negative about Salvation Army and it'll happen quick. Listen, Wes Mooborn, if you're listening to this, if you've suffered through this far. Yeah. If you say the Salvation Army is a cult, just watch how many of your (laughs) friends like nail you to the wall on that one. Look it up, guys. Say Wes Mooborn because you're probably the only one bold enough to actually do it. It's true. It's scary. People love the Salvation Army. I love the Salvation Army thrift stores. I'm not going to lie. I mean, they're good stuff. I got a really cute sweater there today. Yeah. We got a cool chair from there last week. Finangled them down 10 bucks, too. (laughs) (laughs) So proud of myself. Are we good? I'm good. Jesus is king. And we need to... And he's going to win. And and judgment... And we'll eat chicken in the new heavens and the new earth. And judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Can we eat chicken in the new heavens and the new earth? It'll be the best chicken ever. But yeah, we judgment begins in the house of the Lord, and so we need to look at how how the church is addressing these cultural yeah, it's issues. Yeah, so true. Not how a chicken restaurant is addressing cultural issues. I think most Christians thought of Chick Fil A as a buttress against evil in our culture mm-hmm. more so than they actually believe that the church ought to be functioning and is functioning in that way. And yeah. so the fact that Chick Fil A failed has left people scattering like cockroaches because their churches failed long ago. Now mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A has failed. What do we have left? Yeah, it's really sad. But that's not our eschatology. Nope. We got to realign our focus. The church is the buttress of truth. Yeah. And pray for Chick-fil-A. Uh-huh. You know, that's another thing that I, I don't think I've ever seen on Facebook this week is people t- people saying, let's start a petition and uh, write the Kathy family mm-hmm. and encourage them to stay strong and reconsider yeah. their position. It was just like everyone boycott, which I'm fine if, like I said, in your conscience, if you can't do that for some reason, that's fine. You can eat where you want. Yeah. I'm not even against a boycott. If you really feel in your soul, you need to do that. Right. But... I don't think a Christian's gut reaction ought to just be boycott. I think it really should be like let's let's call that person towards repentance yeah, or the yeah. organization towards repentance. Yeah. What what positive thing can we do? What uh, loving Christian thing can we do? Not just what can we not do. Let's not throw a temper tantrum like the left. Yeah. You know, which is what Christians have done. We're gonna we're gonna drop on the floor, kick our heels in, scream and cry until Chick-fil-A gets us what we want. Mm-hmm. And that isn't that shouldn't be how Christians get Mm-mm. Chick-fil-A to do um the right thing. It should be pointing them towards the Bible, uh, not just appease us, appease us, because that's what Glad's doing. Exactly. We don't want to play the game like they are. Yeah, Glad's not happy with Chick-fil-A. They yeah. want Chick-fil-A to go further. Did did anyone really think that they were gonna love Chick-fil-A ever? No. no. Nope. Not until they're flying a rainbow flag and saying, we love you no matter what. Even and... then, they'll probably get crucified for being late to the game. Right. <laughs> Chick-fil-A oh, can't so win. Because they're unreasonable, right? Their foolish minds are darkened. All right. Are we good? Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thank you for listening again to another episode. And we hope that you tune back in next week. 
We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gain, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart from original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a Dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames. Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames. Cause we're powerless to change. If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily. As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3.